0: Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 95. Before we get into today's topic, I have two listener responses I thought you'd be interested in. The first one is from a retired missionary in response to episode 87. This was the one about a New Year's resolution to receive thank you notes in the mail from people who appreciate something about you. A written expression of gratitude is the obvious result of doing something meaningful for someone, which is really the point of making the resolution in the first place, not getting the thank-you note. Well, the response from this missionary was a thank-you note to me, and I'll just read it to you. Uh, On the front cover, it says, I wanted to send you a thank-you card. That was so nice, it would make you want to send me a thank-you card for my thank you card. And then you open up the card and on the inside it reads, then I got really confused and my head started to hurt. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> and then she wrote some complimentary things about the podcast. So I, I thought that was, uh, that was kind of fun. Getting a thank you card for sending a thank you card. And then here's an email I received from Patty, who's a, another listener to our podcast. She wrote the following. I received a beautiful thank you note from my snowbird neighbors thanking me for picking up their mail all winter long. I also sent a thank you card to a friend who hosted and invited me to a delicious luncheon. It's the little thank yous that mean so much. Thanks for reviving this thank you trend. Well, I really appreciate that from Patty. And I'd like to know how this thank you note idea is going for the rest of you. So please let me know when you get a chance. Well, on to today's show. I'm going to assume that you, like me, every now and then run into frustrating and irritating situations in life. Today's episode is about an effective way I'm learning to deal with these unwelcome moments. It's taken me years to discover this principle that I'm going to share with you so that you can learn from my mistakes and live a less frustrating life. What um, prompted me to bring this up was last week's episode, number 94, Self-Awareness Deepens Our Relationships. You might remember that it was a story of the time when I needed air in my tires in my car. I had pulled into the lot of a convenience store that offered free air from their tire pump, and as I did, a big van with a disabled sticker on the license plate pulled in just ahead of me at the air pump. Now I realized I was going to have to wait my turn, and I really didn't want to wait. Well, an older lady got out of the van with a three-pronged cane, walking very slowly, and she was having difficulty getting the air pump nozzle onto the tire valve. And as I was watching this, I knew this was going to take a lot longer to accomplish my goal of getting air in my own tires, and I found irritation just rising within me. Well, I, I got out to speed the process up, not not of any not not from any great sense of compassion for this lady. You know, it was six degrees out, very cold, and my, my hands were just freezing. The point of that episode, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes is this, that we will have deeper relationships with others to the extent we are self-aware and then act on that self-awareness in a godly manner. That was what the episode was about, being self-aware. It raises a question though of how do I become more self-aware in irritating and frustrating situations like this? The answer that I have found is to adapt the principle used in dealing with anger found in the Bible in the book of Psalms, chapter 4, verse 4, Psalm 4, 4. Now, I, I wasn't angry with this lady at the, at the uh, convenience store. No, I was really just more frustrated and irritated that her behavior was getting in the way of what I wanted. But the principle found in Psalm 4, 4 works just as well for situations like I described. The verse is in the context of verse 2, where King David talks about the people who are spreading lies about him and ruining his reputation. Here's what he says, here's what David says to do in response to this injustice in verse 4. And I'll read you several versions of this text. Psalm 4, 4. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Interlude, New Living Translation. Here's what the NIV translation is of this verse. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Then the ESV version reads as follows. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Selah. Selah is a choral direction that means to to pause, to take a breath, to pause, to stop. Another version reads, be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. This version says Selah as well. And then finally the New American Standard Bible reads, Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. This raises a question then in doing the things that David is talking about. What are we to think about? What are we to meditate on? What are we to tremble over? The answer is that we are to consider and to think about and reflect upon what is going on within us that is causing the anger, the frustration, or irritation. It's not just about the obvious stuff. It's what's going on in our heart below the surface where the problem and the solution lie. And David was wise enough to know that. And hence, he talks about waiting and sitting on your bed, lying on your bed, taking time out to reflect, to do so in private, away from the hustle and bustle of life. Once we have a name for what's going on inside, it then becomes much easier to deal with. Now, this particular verse, Psalm 4-4, is about anger, but irritation and frustration, like I experienced the other day, are really the misbehaving stepchildren of anger. They're very closely related. And anger, as we know, is a surface emotion. It covers what's going on below the surface, which is either fear, hurt, sadness, or demandingness. I'll talk more about this in a later episode down the road when we examine in more detail anger and its effect on our relationships. With this older lady that I mentioned, the one with the cane, who was moving so slowly, I wasn't hurt or sad. But I was a bit anxious over the other guy, the car that pulled up behind her, thinking that maybe he was going to get a a hold of the air nozzle before I was able to, and I would be delayed even longer. I was a little bit concerned about that. And I was mildly concerned about the frostbite to my hands because it was so cold. I was actually more anxious that I wasn't going to be able to get done all that I wanted to that particular morning. On the surface, it may have appeared my frustration was directed at this lady, this older lady. But the more I thought about it, my frustration was really directed at my circumstance and demandingness that I accomplish what I want to accomplish when I want to accomplish the items on my to-do list. It took me a while to realize this, maybe hours, but the Holy Spirit seemed to be speaking to me, hey, Lighten up, guy. After all, she has a double amputee husband sitting in the car who is of no help to her at all. Cut her some slack, give her a break. She's doing the best she can. He reminded me also that since the dawn of creation, 99% of the time, things always take longer than you think. So don't be surprised that your day is going slower than you had hoped. Lower your expectations. So I'm learning to apply Psalm 4.4 to my anger and frustrations. But it also helps in relating with others. Now, when I see another person who is frustrated or angry, I'll wonder what they are worried about. What are they fearing? Or I will wonder what they're sad about. I'll wonder if they're just demanding things of life that are unrealistic. Psalm 4.4 is also helpful in raising and understanding children. I wish I would have known that when my own children were very young. I started to notice this principle with our grandkids. And I found that their displays of anger as very young children were often because they were afraid of something. They feared that uh, their need for something will go unmet for the rest of their lives. Something along the lines of, My sister is playing with the stuffed animal that we share, and my turn will never, never, ever, ever come. And then the anger and the tears and all that comes up. And demandingness is certainly part of childhood anger. Because of their development, children just don't have the words to express their fear or their hurt or their sadness. So those emotions those emotions of fear, sadness, and hurt, often come out expressed as anger. So what does all of this mean for you as a listener? How how can you apply what you've heard in today's episode to your life? Well, I've got a few ideas for you to consider. When people irritate you, take a self-imposed time out and ask God to help you question yourself. Do what King David said, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent and pause and reflect and think. One other question you can ask yourself is, does this person or situation remind me of someone or something else? A a few months ago, a friend was talking in a group about an irritating person in another group. And as the group, um, this current group, explored more with her as to why this person was irritating, she came to the realization that the irritating person reminded her of her mother. And so her irritations were more born from her relationship with her mom, not the person right in front of her. This self-examination that we find in Psalm 4.4 will truly deepen our relationship with God, ourself, and other people. Now, if, if you forget everything else, here's the one thing that I, I hope you would remember from today's episode, and it's this. When people irritate us, stop and ask ourselves, why is this person bothering me so much? What is my irritation revealing about me? I'd love to hear your thoughts about uh, today's episode. Just send them to me in an email to john at caringforothers.org and I may share them in a future episode unless you say otherwise. You can also share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes. There's also a related episode to this uh, from a couple of years ago. Episode 20 talks about relating with people who talk too much. I'll have a link to that in the show notes if you want to explore this further. In closing, if you found the podcast helpful, please subscribe to it. And I would appreciate it if you would leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts because it'll help us to serve more people just like you. I do hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy that God intends for you through your relationships. Because after all, you were made for this. Well, that's all for today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye for now.